My dear ones, may Jesus Christ be praised both now and forever. Amen. Each time the church gathers to celebrate this magnificent Eucharist, we enter into a conversation that the Lord begins and which the Lord ends. And by His grace and by His action in our lives, in and through the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the Lord brings us into that conversation. To what am I referring? Think of how Mass just began. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. We're instantly into this dialogue, and if you notice, none of the words are, Hi, how you doing? The words are most sublime. That sign of the cross, which is simultaneously creedal and also a moment in which we are freed for, from sin. If you would, an actual moment of exorcism to remove from us anything that is not of the gospel. The greeting, the most sublime one. The Lord be with you. I, in the person of the priest, in the person of Christ, wish the greatest gift that you can have, that the Spirit of the Lord fills all of us. In that conversation, we may be very, very aware of things such as intercession for those who are sick, for those who have died, for the needs of our country. We may well beware of supplication as well, where we pray in, in repentance for our sins. But there is one that I think often gets overlooked and which today's liturgy points us toward in a particular way, and that is the prayer of thanksgiving. If you notice, in both the first reading and the gospel, we have very clear stories about healing. And in that first reading, Naaman, after having plunged himself, realizes that he has been made clean, having flesh like that of a young baby. And he acknowledges that it could only be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has done this. And of the ten lepers made clean, one, a Samaritan. Now that in our day would be like referring to the worst kind of person in our society that we can think of. That Samaritan comes back and gives thanks. You see, we miss it in all the places in the liturgy where we are called to thanksgiving. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to life everlasting. And we say, Amen. Yes, Lord, let it be. What greater thing can we have thanks for than to have our sins forgiven? And that is followed by the great hymn of the angels, the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest. 
We praise you. We bless you. We thank you. We acknowledge you to be the Lord. All signs of thanksgiving. At the offertory, again, blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness. And then we come to that high point of the whole Mass in the Eucharistic prayer, which begins with that great dialogue. What much more gratitude could we find than, again, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And at the end of the preface, we are led into the song that unites heaven and earth when angels and saints sing together with all humanity, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God of hosts. We put onto our lips what the angels proclaim all day long before the Godhead. And then, when we receive the Eucharist, yes, a sacrifice, a sacrifice beyond compare, and a sacrifice which we're all invited to imitate. But Eucharist itself means thanksgiving. We thank God that he feeds us with his body and his blood. And then, as this celebration comes to a close, so to speak, the very last words on our lips will be, thanks be to God. You see, the liturgy calls us to live in thanksgiving, to live in thanksgiving when we would rather be sad, to live in thanksgiving when we are rather frustrated, to live in thanksgiving where we're not sure where everything is going because we can live in thanksgiving because if we look back, we see that God has always brought us through. There's a saying that goes, if God brings you to it, God will bring you through it. We've all known that. I'm sure we have. And that itself is this great dialogue, this great conversation of thanksgiving. There's a burning question. How does your life and mine reflect thanks? How do we show forth that we are a thankful people for all that God has done for us and for all that God will do and indeed even for the crosses in our life? Before being assigned to Washington, I spent seven years as the pastor of our parish in New York City, which also has a very vibrant healthcare ministry. And I ran the healthcare ministry as well. We took care of Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, New York Presbyterian Hospital, and the Hospital for Special Surgery. Seen a lot of different things in those three hospitals. Seven years, 24-7, 365, in and out of them. One thing, 
one of the 10,000 things that have never left me about that experience and never will, was a woman who had breast cancer. And she had gone in for a checkup to make sure that she was okay. And blessed be God, she was. And I said, you must be so grateful. And she looked at me and she said, Father, I've been grateful that I've got breast cancer from the day I got it. And I looked at her incredulously. She said, it woke me up to everything that was going wrong in my life and told me I had to do something about it. And her life radically changed. She was not living a life of great sin before this. She just had to make some major adjustments. She said, I thank God for that cross. Today, my dear ones, how will you and I, this day and throughout the week, live in thanks to God? Take time every day not to just tell God what we need or what we want, and most importantly, certainly, to make reparation for our sins. But how will we thank him? Thank him for the way he pursues us. He doesn't force us to thank him. He just keeps inviting us and says to us what he said to that Samaritan. Weren't ten made clean? He says to you and to me, haven't I made you clean? May our lives be a constant canticle of thanksgiving.